Well, man, I don't know. We went up high there, boy. Amen. Hold on. Stay right where you are then. Amen. God is good. What an amazing man. See, uh, <laughs> man, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Go home. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> man, we've already been ministered to, and what an honor and a privilege it is today to have uh, Brother Ross Metz, five-time, is it five-time world champion, PRCA bullfighter. Come on, somebody, put your hands together. I was watching his testimony earlier, and I have it on the screen to play back here in the back, but I, I think I want to just go right into the Word. We're gonna, they're going to open him up with a song here in a minute. We had kind of prepared this song for Dusty, but we're going to give it to you, brother. And uh, uh, would you guys make uh, Rob feel real welcome this morning? Rob, would you come this morning? There you go, boy. Old Todd with a leather fist. And watch out when he starts to twist. It's what their daddies used to tell them boys about a riding bulls. I got a jingle in my jeans. It's short places in between. And I believe it on Salt Lake with a push and a pull. Good morning, y'all. How you doing today? All right. Used to be the kamikaze kid. Now I got to put these cheaters on to be able to see what I'm doing. I don't know what happened to the kid. Um, boy, where are we going to start? You know the. I guess the toughest part about some of this is that I've been blessed this year to go speak at several churches, but there's been a wide range of people that I talk to age-wise, a lot of youth in this building right here today. Um, that's great. That's, you know, I wish I had come to the Lord. I knew about him. I graduated from uh, Catholic boys' schools. As a, as a kid, my dad did heavy construction work. We lived in Thailand, Australia, Singapore, Puerto Rico, all the way up till the time I was in eighth grade. My dream was to always be a professional baseball player. Willie Mays was my hero. I wanted to play center field for the San Francisco Giants. And uh, I guess that from being a Bay Area boy, and I graduated high school in Salinas, California, from Palma, a Catholic boys' school. I, I knew about the Lord. I, I knew who he was, where he was. But when I graduated high school, that wide gate that they talk about, I hit it running wide open. I, uh, I always, like I said, I always knew the Father was there, but... It was all about I, 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 I. I um, won the Cal Palace in 1978. Won the, my first U.S. Cowboy Bullfighting Championship. I was 18 years old. You know, already fulfilled a dream. Five years later, I finally worked the National Finals Rodeo in 1983 and won my first Wrangler World Championship Bullfighter. I won the world 83, 85, 86, 88 with Miles Hare. Broke my neck in 92, come back and win the world one more time in 94. You know, in, in 1992, March of 92, I was in Monroe, Louisiana. I was in the process of going through a divorce. The 80s were wide open. I, uh, I did many things wrong, you know. 
including the divorce. The divorce, when I, when I sit here and speak to people and I'm pointing out, I always have to remember that there's three pointing right here. So probably what I'm saying to y'all, I'm saying more so just for, for me. But uh, the person to blame there would have been Rob. I've got two beautiful daughters that are in Oregon I've made my peace with. Unfortunately, I didn't spend the time that I should have with them. I have a wife that is a school teacher in Divine, Texas right now that this June, Carla and I will be married 22 years. I, I stand before you today living proof that God is merciful and forgiving because I have tried him by far harder than you're supposed to. Okay? Infidelities, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I've been there, done that. And I'm not saying that in a prideful manner. It's the mistakes that I've learned along the way. The one thing I want you to know is God is standing there like the prodigal father with the prodigal son with his arms wide open. He's waiting for us to come back, and he's going to gather us up and hug us. But on the other side of that coin, don't ever think that the consequences for the choices we made are washed away. Okay? You're still going to suffer consequences for bad choices that you made. You're going to face them each and every day. God didn't say that when we come to him that everything's going to be a bed of roses. Actually, he says, now pull your pants on, pull your belt up tight, and pull your hat down because it's fixing to happen. Okay? We're, we're going to be tried right now. When, when we come, your, your new band member that's five weeks into this and been saved, get ready. Huh? It's a great feeling, and God is good, and he's with us, and, and as long as we keep our focus on the light, we're there. But all the old things and all the old temptations and all that, we don't realize what a pull the devil has on our life until we start trying to walk over here. Okay? When we start walking over here, boy, all those that never had nothing, they've all got something, and those that are tempted, whatever our temptations, whatever our vices were, they're going to be there. Okay? So you've got to get up in the morning. You've got to say a prayer of thanks that God's given us another day. Give us the strength and courage to walk on. And then for those of us, that have, any of us that have had addictions, you've got to be able to see it. You've got, you know... Old, old places that I used to go, I can spot them from here to I-10 now, you know. And I, I know. I know. I can see it going on. My wife gets after me about, I'll go right there, and she'll go, Rob, quit being like that. I said, I know what I'm looking for. That's, just, that's a place I can't go. Now I can go. I can go. And hopefully now I can go back in there and I can start bringing friends out. But once we get saved, we can't just turn around and go back to that same circle, okay? You go back to that same circle. Anybody ever been crabbing? They go crab fishing, right? You take a five-gallon bucket. They don't ever get it. You don't ever have a lid for that bucket, though, huh? A crab bucket, you throw that first crab in there. Once the second crab goes in, as that one starts climbing out to get to freedom, they drag him right back down, okay? It's the same in life. It's the same in life. So what we have to do is we've got to get with like-minded people. We've got to change the people that we're with. We've got to get in into this church. You've got to get into a men's group. If it was an addiction of some time, you go to AA. You go, you know, whatever you have to go to, we got to get there, and we got to start getting with those people and getting fed. And, and having 
accountability. We've started a group at the Cowboy Church that we're at in Jordanton now that on Tuesday night, it's a men's group. We come and we talk about our closest day to God that week and our furthest day from God that week. We do it at the Cowboy Church. I did one at my house in Merkel. There's guys that you're going to get come to a house that you will not get to come to a church. Huh? Eventually, we get them here. And that's the goal, is we want to get them to come. But where they can finally start coming and they can start sharing with each other and you start getting a group of guys that become accountable, what gets said in that meeting stays in that meeting. If you tell a story there on Tuesday evening, if somebody tells that story at the coffee shop, it better be you. It ain't my story to tell. huh? But what happened there is after we got by our first couple of weeks and guys started seeing that group and you start looking forward to being there on Tuesday nights, man, it gets powerful. Instead of right as soon as the meeting's over, everybody kind of splitting and going and leaving. They're there, and they're sharing, and how was your week, and everybody gives a little more insight onto things, because one of the other rules is, once a person steps up and starts talking, everybody else has to be quiet. You don't give an opinion. You don't do anything. He talks. If at the end of it, he says, next, it goes to the next guy. If you say, do you have something for me, then other people are allowed to give an opinion and try to help out. The... Uh, the group has really gone. We've been three months now down there. You've got some guys that they don't miss a meeting. You know, you've got some that come and go, and we've got some that were there at the start, and they've peeled off, you know, because that accountability, you, once, you, once you mentioned a weakness, you know, the thing there is is to try to ask about it. When those guys get there that next week, well, how was it this week? You know, we did have a young man that had trouble getting on the computer and looking at things he wasn't supposed to look at, you know. Well, how was this week? Oh, well, he didn't like he didn't like it. All of a sudden, he's kind of fallen by the wayside, unfortunately. Hopefully, we'll get him back. You know, it's not for everybody. The Father tells us that, too. That narrow gate, we're going to be a lot left behind. Okay. Hustling along. I, I got a lot of things on my mind. But think, like I said, things changed on me a lot here. There's a lot of people in here that are of my age, a little older, a little younger, that we were baptized as a child. We have to realize that that baptism as a child is not our guarantee to heaven. Okay? John 3, 3, God tells, Jesus tells us, we must be born again. That baptism as a child covers us until we are of an age of accountability where we know the difference between right or wrong. From there, we have to step up to the plate and say, Jesus Christ, I repent of my sins. I acknowledge that you died on the cross and rose again and that by your grace I am saved. It's not by our works, huh? so no man can boast. But... He does want work from us, okay? We're not supposed to just come to church right here and get fed on Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning and leave it here when we walk out that door. huh? Our goal is we got to get out there and start reaching and touching others. The end times are coming. You know, I never thought we would see it, but America isn't the America I grew up in, huh? It's not. I had a dad... 
in the Marine Corps, World War, World War Two, and the and at the Frozen Chosen, and I I gotta believe Dad would turn over in his grave right now with the way things are. Um. So we got to get out. We've got to start touching people. For those of us that have been saved here, you know, we don't ever really realize how much we're getting watched. Moms and dads, that being said, just like that one right there in your arms, that's a sponge. Huh? He watches you like a hawk, Dad. But you know what we have to remember, moms and dads? They're not just watching us. We got to watch the guys in our crew the guys that we run with, how they sound, what they say. You know, I was at a rodeo in Payson, Arizona a couple years ago, getting ready to get to speak the next day at the Cowboy Church there after the rodeo, and there were some dads. We got done with the rodeo, walked over to a little trailer. Boys, dads drinking a few cold beers, and a few dads had already had a couple too many. Language starts getting out of hand, and the kids are just running through here or there, and you know, and I said, hey, what about these little ones here? Don't you, you need to watch what you're saying. Oh, they ain't paying no attention to us. And he's just going on and on. And I said, they're paying a lot more attention than you think. And he goes, you know what? He goes, you sound like my wife. And I said, you probably ought to listen to your wife a little more. I said, so what's going to happen when that little boy becomes 16 years old and you bark some order at him and he turns around and tells you to fly the friendly skies? Where'd he learn it? Huh? Where, where, where'd he learn that? From you, Dad, or from your peers. There's going to be a time where we have to be able to keep our eyes wide open and be able to say, you know what, guys? I'll see you next week. We got to go. We got to be able to realize it. Dad's... Moms, I'm speaking to you, too. You, you moms, you know, us guys, we fight. We get it over with. You women, you can be vicious. Huh? I mean, you can, get, you can be hard on each other now. And when we have our daughters with us, right, they're, they're listening just like them little boys are. And how we carry on in our mannerisms Cowboys are all about being tough. Get it done. We, we just got to get by. We'll cowboy up and we get through things. Our father has put on my heart at the last, the last half dozen churches I've gone to, we've got to be softer. We've got to have compassion. We've got to be better listeners. He wants us to listen. He wants us to slow down. He wants us to have compassion for others, not worry about which us men are all bad about, having an answer to your problem. We just need to listen to your problem. Our wives will like us more too. <laughs> huh? my, wife, my wife, how many times have you heard, I don't want you to solve my problem for you, I just want you to listen. <laughs> yeah. Huh? There's, there's a lot that went. <laughs> I've been there. That school teacher wife of mine, yeah. There's been plenty of times I've heard that. Forgiveness. A perfect example of forgiveness is Joseph, okay? His brothers sell him. They throw him in a well first. Going to tell his dad that he's dead, which they end up doing, telling dad he's dead. They sell him as a slave. What does he do? 
He keeps his integrity. He keeps his focus. He goes from becoming a slave to running the household. Now, all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife, she takes a liking to him, and she tries hitting on him, and he says, how do you expect me to do this to the man that's been so good to me? Integrity. We have to have integrity. Okay? He doesn't fall for her, and you gotta, you've got to assume that, you know, Potiphar running all the things that he did back in those days had his pick of the ladies of who he wants as a wife, probably an awful good-looking lady, hitting on him day in, day out, and, and he keeps with his integrity. It ends up throwing him in prison. Then he goes to working so hard in prison that he starts running everything in the prison, taking care of things. Okay, then the baker and the, tin and the cup holder come to him because they've had a dream. He interprets their dreams for him. One's going to go back to work. The other one's going to die. It all falls just like that. As the baker goes back, he says, don't forget me. Well, he gets forgotten for another couple years, but he keeps his focus. He keeps driving on. Then all of a sudden, when Pharaoh has a dream, they go, oh, we got a guy. They go, they get him, they bring him, they clean him up. He interprets the dream of seven good years and seven years of drought that are going to come after it. About the cow, as, the, as the cows that come, the fat cows and then the skinny cows that devour everything. I'm just rolling through things here, but it's, I promise you, it's all right there in Genesis. Um, he runs the country. When he was a child, starting out, he tells his brothers and his dad, you're all going to bow down before me. That, that's what started all of his problems, okay, when he was just 12 years old. Lo and behold, the drought hits, everybody runs out of feed, and he's running Egypt, and who shows up but all of his brothers? And they got to bow down and start saying, hello, hello, we need help, you know? They don't recognize him. He starts asking about his youngest brother. He calls them spies, and they throw, he throws them in jail for three or four days and then lets them back out, and he holds one brother, and they go back because they've, he's, he's asked the right questions that they've mentioned that there's still one younger brother, which was his full brother. Jacob had a few wives, but the one was his full brother. Ask about Benjamin. He finds out about him. He says, well, I want that one to come so that I know that Y'all are telling the truth. Ends up, they all come back. The brother comes back. They let the other one out. He finally lets them know who he is because he can't hold it no more. He gives it up. Huh? They're, they're terrified. They think for sure he's going to take their heads off. But he doesn't. People are going to sit there and say that it's easy to speak forgiveness. You don't know my situation. Okay, I'm going to tell you about a little situation. Eleven years ago, oh boy, I had a grandson that would have been 11 this year. He was 11 months old. My daughter's boyfriend grabbed him and threw him against the wall. Um, I don't have to get, he was murdered. We, he was injured in Abilene. They air flighted him to Cook's Children's Hospital there in Fort Worth. 
we get there. Everything gets to rumbling, and he, he lived for four or five days on a machine. Corey's ex-husband and their side of the family was from Stephenville, and they got there, and uh, they start talking, you know, we got to get that son of a gun. We got to, you know, everything was revenge, revenge, revenge. What we have to remember about revenge, it steals from us. It makes us rotten inside, Okay. That revenge, God says he will be the judge. Huh? If we're going to have faith, we've got to walk in faith with God. We can't walk this day we're here, this day we're here, this day we're here. He, huh? he wants to spew us out. If we're going to be lukewarm, he doesn't want nothing to do with us. You get on my side of the fence or get out. Okay? So a little bit more about myself. Back before fighting, fighting bulls, I boxed coming up too. I liked fighting as much as I liked fighting bulls. Huh? I would travel across the state of Texas for a good fist fight. I'm not saying I want them all, but I dang sure enter. <laughs> you know, and uh, so putting hands on people, I don't have a problem with. Never did. So when all of this came down and we're sitting in the ICU, which is in a little room about here in the bandstand and I was a little concerned about the drummer. Do they throw tomatoes at you every once in a while, or what's the deal? Okay, I just I was just checking. But we were in that little room there, and Cody's side of the family, they're, they're speaking revenge, and, and I opened my mouth, and it took me almost a week or two afterwards when I got back home to realize that when I spoke that day, it was the Father speaking through me. I, it wasn't anything Rob would have said, because Rob would have said, let's get a hold. And I opened up, and I said, yeah. I said, yeah, we should get him. We should get him. I said, there's a big oak tree right down in front of this hospital right here. Let's get a rope. Let's get a rope, throw it up over that limb. Get it around his neck. Kick that chair out from underneath him. We could watch him flop and pop. It'll be good. For how long? Like that? Then what did it do? It made us as bad as him. Huh? And what did it do for Kai, who's on that machine in there? Not a thing. Not a thing. Four days later, we shut the machines off. We lost him. Justin's in prison at the moment. He's come up for parole a couple of times. You know, the, the girls got all upset. What They ended up giving him 12 years. You know, and my wife, the girls, they, we had a lot of talk about it, and I said they were upset about the, the amount of time that the young man got. And I said, you know what? What's the right amount of time? No amount of time is going to bring him back. If they give him 100, he's eligible in 50. If they give him 50, he's eligible in 25. Yeah, he was eligible in six years. He didn't get the pro board, didn't pass it. So far, things are still playing out. A few years ago, I spoke Sulphur Springs Cowboy Church, Crossspur Church up in Sulphur Springs. I released him. I've, got a, I've, I've released it. I've let it go. God will judge him. I, I, can't, I can't hold that. I've got to go ahead and live my life and try to keep my girls lifted up. Now, I'm not saying my girls have let go. They haven't. 
You know, my, my wife today, we were talking earlier today, and I was speaking on forgiveness and, and trials and the trials that God put us through. And she said, I can't believe in the trial about Kai, which was my grandson. You know, Carla, my wife still has a lot of issues with it. The trials that we go through in life are trials of faith. Okay? It's, it, it's not easy. We're going to get tested. God never promised us that everything was going to be a bed of roses. He said we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be tried. And we've got to be strong. And we've got to keep, we've got to keep focusing. And if anything, what you have to realize when we get into those trial situations, and, and I was listening to my, my favorite pastor that I like to listen to is Charles Stanley from down in Atlanta. And he was talking about being on the mountains and the valleys. And he said when we get in those valleys... You know, we've, we've got to be able to stay, stay true in that trial. And sometimes what you need to do is rather than why, why, why me, what are you trying to teach me here? Huh? Because all of those trials are lessons. We've got to keep our eyes open and see where he's taking us and what we're trying to learn from it. The uh, 94... I broke my neck, come back, win the world. 92, I broke my neck, I come back, I win the world. Everybody in 92 said, I, he's done, he'll never fight bulls again. You know, my, my attitude back then was, you know, I'll show you, I, 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 I. And lo and behold, 93, I come back, I make the finals. 94, I come back to win the world. That night in 94, I get back to my hotel room in the Gold Coast, and I spent the rest of the night on the edge of the bed balling because the peace that I thought that the gold buckle was going to give me didn't give me the peace. That hole was still in my stomach. Four years later, I get invited by a pastor, Lynn Shaw in Twin Falls, Idaho, to go and do a rodeo school Bible camp. Cody Custer, Scott Mendez, Alan Bach, Jake Barnes, Clay O'Brien Cooper. I, I mean, world Rope Myers. World, all world champions, all great men of God. And I get invited to go. Well, Rob Smith, heathen? Yeah, right here. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, yeah, but I've got a lot of things I need to clean up before I come up there. I said, how can I tell somebody what you got to do? When I, I got plenty I got to do. I spoke to my wife. Carla said, go. She was 100% for it. And, and when the man called back, we, uh, we talked some more. And I was all in the mindset to tell him, yes, I was going to go. And I kept coming up with excuses of why things weren't going to work and why it wouldn't work. And in the late 80s, early 90s, National Geographic had done a documentary on me. Discovery Channel had done a documentary on me fighting bulls. And I would always say to those guys, after I broke my neck, they said, why would you go back and fight bulls? And I said, oh, God's got a plan for me. Nice, quick answer. He's got a plan for me. Don't know what it is, but one of these days we'll find out, you know. I said, if he meant for me not to fight bulls, he'd have made it so I couldn't. Well, when Pastor Lynn started talking to me on the phone that day, and he goes,
I didn't want to do that with a microphone, but I got to give you some of the effect because, I mean, I had to pull the phone away from my ear. I go to Twin Falls, Idaho. I get there, and on the first day, there's probably about this many kids. There's a stage. Standing right over here on this side is me. I'm listening, and Rope Myers is giving his testimony. And Rope Myers is walking back and forth with this wireless mic, much like I've been doing. And I see Rope Myers talking, and the tears are coming out down his face. And it's the tears of joy. And I promise you, I saw Rope Myers walk this high off the ground. Those tears of joy and the passion that he had, I knew that's what I'd been looking for forever. Huh? I chased it with girls. I chased it with alcohol. I chased it with dope. I, I chased it in all the wrong directions. And I could see what he had right there. I'd spent all kinds of money on trying to find, and I couldn't find it. That day they did the altar call. The first person on his knees was Rob Smets right here. They laid hands on me. It felt like they lifted the building off of me. Did I ever make a mistake again? Yeah, I did. But what we have to remember is we repent in earnestness. We get up and we march on. We have been wiped clean. God has forgiven us, okay? We have to repent, we have to acknowledge, and we have to accept his grace. If we make a mistake again, when we make a mistake again, the devil's going to put it heavy on you to say, I told you, you're a dog, you're terrible, you knew it. I knew you couldn't do it. That wasn't where you were supposed to be. You got to get on your knees. You got to ask for forgiveness. You got to get up. You got to hold your head up and you got to march on. Yeah. We got to keep stepping forward. Over the years, it's been good. I broke my neck again in 96, went back and fought bulls. I, I mean, I broke four, five, and six the first time. That's the one that runs your arms and legs. Walked away from it. Broke C1 in three places, the one Christopher Reeves broke. I wasn't sitting in a wheelchair or blowing through a straw. Broke seven in T1 the last time. So... I don't look back over my shoulders very good, which made me a lot better person because if you can't look back, you better be doing right. Um, God blessed me to play a game that I loved for a long, long time. For 30 years, I fought bulls. I worked everything but the Calgary Stampede and the Houston Astrodome. Worked the NFR, qualified for the NFR in the Wrangler Bullfight 17 times. Worked the NFR six times. Worked the PBR Finals nine times. Won the world five times. Um, a couple of years ago, the biggest blessing since I have started following the Father and walking how I'm supposed to start walking is, you, as I mentioned, kids, even our friends, though, as we get saved and we start stepping out of that circle, as I mentioned, they're watching you. They're watching. Let's see. How long does he last? What's he going to do? You know? 1988, my co-world champion was a good friend of mine named Miles Hare. Worked Houston Astrodome for 31 plus, 31 years. As great a bullfighter. We'll forget more about fighting bulls than most men will ever know. 
Miles and I both been there, done that, and we did it together, and we, we did it hard together. As I started walking, and Miles and I have been doing schools for the last four or five years together, I don't ever push nothing on him. I was blessed to, five years ago to win the Jim Shoulders Lifetime Achievement Award from the PBR. <clears throat> we get to the PBR finals, and they give the award. They brought Miles in to speak on my behalf. And Miles talked about things that we'd done and where we'd been and the rodeos we'd worked. And when it was all said and done, before he got ready to introduce me, Miles Harris said, you know what, I'm proud of Rob Smets, and I'm proud of all the buckles that he's won and all the places that we've been in and have fought bulls together. He said, but you know what, I'm probably more proud of Rob Smets at where Rob Smets is in his life right now than anywhere he's ever been. I went to balling. I couldn't, I couldn't even hardly talk, but I never knew what Miles was seeing. But he said it all right there, and it was like, whoa. A year later, we were up in Philadelphia doing a school, or Pennsylvania, I'm sorry. We were doing a school up there, miles and going through some trials in his life. We were talking back and forth in there that night. And my buddy Miles Hare accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Of all the accomplishments I've had in my career, that's the most important. I, I've shared, you know, Miles Hare, I promise you one thing. There's a couple guys, Rex Dunn, Jimmy Anderson, Miles Hare, Greg Crabtree, that if you send us down to hell to go after whatever we're going after, we're coming out with it. Huh? That's that's the faith I have in those guys, and to be able to say, know that my buddy's saved, that's it. That that that's what it's about. What we have to start focusing on now, we got to start talking to our family members, and it's it's going to be tough. There's going to be some that'll listen, and there's going to be some that ah, you know what? There is only one way. There's one way. That's it. Okay, all this politically correctness and that we got a lot of different ways to get there. And if our God is that loving, that how could it only be one way? Well, he tells us right there in the book. Okay, this book, this book doesn't lie. Okay, now. Here's a when somebody does go to quote you some things, it ought it ought it needs to be right and it needs to be out of this book. John, let me get in the right place here because I got a few. John 3, 3, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. In 3, 7, he says, you should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. And in 3, 16, he tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, here's something I want you to think about. John 3.16 is probably the most powerful and everybody knows. To me, the most powerful is John 3.17 because he tells us right there, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So, if you're in here today and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't walk out of here and say you haven't been told and you haven't heard about him. So, I would like to end today with an opportunity. I'd like to close our eyes, say a prayer. Hopefully, some of us, we may say this prayer for second time, third time. Some of us, hopefully today, are going to say it for the first time. If you're in agreement with me, I ask that you pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we stand before you today, Lord. We come to you as sinners. We lay our sins out on the floor for you today, Father, and we ask in complete repentance of our sins, that you forgive us for all the sins that we've committed. Father, we know that you sent your Son down here to take the sins of the world on and that by his blood on that cross that he covered our sins. And we believe that he died on the cross and rose again so that we could accept his grace and his touch for eternal life, that that opportunity is given to us. We give you so much thanks, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all, I thank you so much for today. I, I appreciate it. God bless you. Put your hands together and give Rob a big round of applause, guys. Amen. Hey, be seated real quick, amen, be seated. I, I, uh, the word liar has been ringing in my heart for the last few days, liar, say it with me, liar. liar. The devil, the father of lies, gets people thinking that there's a lot of ways to heaven because he's a liar. Yesterday, I asked God to... Use me to minister to somebody like he did Rob today. How many got something out of that this morning? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and uh, so yesterday, God used, I, I said, God used me to minister to somebody. And, and we were at the, we were at the uh, graduation, and God used me to minister there. And I, I just kind of thought it was over. You know, I thought, well, we did what we had to do, and praise God, and, and it was all great, and but then we came back here and we went to the Coast little party and then I said, I'm going to spend some time with my wife, so it was our anniversary, so I took her to Jared's. I'm a good boy. A big storm blew in while we were at Jared's and looking. I wanted to get her a watch and we wound up getting something else. <laughs> I got to start going on my own, Rex. It's just like, don't take her with you when you go to Jared's. But while we were there, I'm going to just tell you this story and I'm done. While we were there, a big storm blew in, which kept us there. We shopped a little bit longer because we didn't want to go back out in the rain. And the lady was helping us. She was very nice. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those scatterbrained people that don't make their mind up real easy. Y'all know that about me, right? Okay, just check it. And uh, uh, so I, this lady just had the patience of Job with us as we looked through the display cases. And 
she saw that I had one of my shirts on. It said Caney Creek Cowboy Church. She said, what's a cowboy church? And I said, well, it's just a, a, a another church where you can kind of come as you are, and, and, and people will love you like you are. And they don't judge a lot like other churches do. We just, you know, just come. And, and uh, she began to tell me and Mary that her husband was a good man, and he believed in God. And they were building a church in West Virginia. And the church that she was going to needed men to get up and go to West Virginia and help them finish this church project. So she volunteered her husband, which is okay, by the way, women, if you sign your husband up on my watch, you, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Push him to church. <laughs> she signed her husband up to go. Well, there was a little form because they wanted to know who was going, a little bit about them. So she took the form home, and, she, and he had to fill it out. It said his name, how old he was, where he was from, if he had any medical issues, and did he believe in Jesus. And he wrote in the memo, Jesus was a good man. But that is all. And she began to tell me and Mary this story. And the pastor said, well, I'd like him to come to church a little while before we send him on a mission trip. And I'll tell you why. I, 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 I agree. Because, like he said, you just don't want to send people out there giving the wrong information. Come on, somebody. Hear me today. Why do we ask you to wait a little while for your help in some cases? Because we don't want people giving the wrong information. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Son, Jesus. She was so upset that she has not been to church in six years. Six years because they didn't let her husband go. I thought, well, it'd be a great opportunity that maybe they could have ministered to him if they'd have just let him go. I, I, I do agree that sometimes you just got to get him. But that's what, the father, that's what the father of lies tells, that there are many ways to heaven. And I see it today. People lie like it ain't nothing. They go to parties. They rant. They rave. They cuss. They act any way they want to. I don't believe you can do that. That is a lie. Because once you're saved, once you're born again, there's a transformation that takes place like Miles Harris said about Rob. I went and saw Rob fight last year in Liberty, Texas. And there were kids and people and adults and there were beer cans in some of their hands and, and Dalton was there getting on some bulls. But this man set the godly example. And he loved those kids and he prayed over those kids and he talked about God to those kids. And it didn't matter what was being around, what was being going on around. He had to shine the light in that dark area. And I was very proud of you. And that's why I said, boy, I got to get that man in my church. We did that this morning, amen. I'm going to buy you some dinner in a minute, hallelujah. And, uh, but that lady, back to that lady real quick. I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I want you to come to my church. And I want you to bring your husband. And I want him to know that Jesus is the only way. The only way. He wasn't just a good man. He is the man. And for you today, you can't let that lie penetrate and say, well, I can do what I want, live the way I want, you're going to be okay. Because you're not going to be okay. That's a lie. You'll spend eternity in hell. 
God is love. And when we were worshiping, I guess, Rex, why I was kind of holding up the cowboy song, because I felt the love. And I wanted the church to know that God is love. And then she pointed over there to this other cat, and she said, hey, talk to him. He was a preacher for 12 years. The store manager was a preacher for 12 years. Now he's not preaching. I said, do you miss it, brother? Nope, don't miss it at all. I said, many are called, but few are chosen. I said, you know what? I think God has a plan for you. I don't know what it is other than selling jewelry. I said, I'm going to start praying today. You get fired. Because they can't take the heat. They can't take the trials. They can't take the tribulations. Owen, the rest of you. That's why you need your church family. That's why you got to gather around other believers. That's why you got to keep coming. He said, you wouldn't do that, would you? I said, Father God, I just pray in Jesus' name you get him fired and give me a discount on this jury I'm getting for my wife. In Jesus' name. <laughs> they thought I was a fool. Really, I'm just crazy about my Lord and Savior. And it's not his will that anyone should die. And I prayed before I close today, we're done, we are done, that you gave your heart to Jesus. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, here's the one more thing before we do close. We all know people that aren't coming here, okay? We've got them out there. So what's the closest thing to church that they're going to see? Us, all right? So what we've got to do is we have to step out of here and be an example of the church. We've got to be able to reach people. We've got to be able to listen and have compassion. So make sure, make that for this week. Focus on it. Focus, you know. Just remember that when somebody says something, we get a short, sharp answer back at us or something, we've got to be able to have some compassion. You know, and that if we're the example for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this week, we better pull our boots on. It's going to be a, going to be a long week probably, but we're ready for it, right? All right. Amen. Hallelujah. Who got something out of today? Amen. Praise God. Me and Rob's going to walk back to the back door in just a second. You shake our hands. And, uh, love on my wife. She's been tolerating me for 18 years. Uh, the elders got something they want to do, but not, not, not too quick. Uh, we... <laughs> We had some that want to join our church and did a Saddle Up seminar. Would you guys come forward this morning? Come on up here with me this morning. I want to introduce you to.